Good morning, my friend. I hope you're doing well. It is Monday, Mind Change Monday. As a matter of fact, it's July 3rd, 2023, and we are getting ready for an exciting and hopefully restful <laughs> holiday. If you're in the United States, tomorrow, July 4th, is Independence Day, so I hope you get a little time off um, and some time to spend with your family and friends. And if you don't, I pray that you'll have a good little rest coming up soon in your life. Listen, friend. My book, Hope is the First Dose, is coming out in 15 days, so two weeks from tomorrow. Hope is the First Dose, a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things will be available everywhere books are sold. You can pre-order it now, and in a couple of days, a few days, I'm going to have a link for you to go to where you can get all kinds of special resources to download if you pre-order the book. All you have to do is upload your proof of purchase to Penguin Random House, and they will send you a whole bunch of stuff, lock screens, uh, home screens, uh, screensavers for your computer and phone. Uh, Spotify playlist that we made that's music that goes along with the book, uh, some songs that Mitch liked and some songs that were important to us uh, after we lost Mitch, and and some songs that will help you kind of work through hard things and land on hope. And it finishes with Tommy Walker's song, I Have a Hope, uh, and it's just a, a great playlist. It's a couple of hours that you can listen to while you're reading or meditating or doing your quiet time, and I think songs that will help you. And that playlist is going to be updated as time goes on. Every time I change it, the link that you go to will uh, reflect changes in the playlist so that'll be useful and then also some sample chapters and some special things that you have access to that you don't have access to if you buy the book after it's on sale everywhere else so pre-orders help us a lot so and thanks for that we'll give you some special content and some uh, bonus things that you can only have if you pre-order the book and stay tuned for that um, listen the treatment plan is my way of saying after we lost our son and after I've been with lots of people during their massive things, their traumas and tragedies and hard things in life, what do you do next? What do you do? How do you find your way back? How do you find your way back so you can grab that promise that Jesus made in John 10, 10, that life is abundant, that he came here to give us an abundant life in spite of all the hard things that he promised us we would face because you're going to, okay? And today we're going to just talk for a couple of minutes of a few minutes about why the treatment plan is so important and what the elements of it are. And I'm just going to give you some, some things to think about as you become a self-brain surgeon to find your way through after these massive things happen. And we're going to finish with a song that's on the Spotify playlist for Hope is the First Dose from J.J. Heller called Your Hands. It's a great song that I never heard before until I was working on uh, this book and this playlist. And I found this song. It's so encouraging and it's so honest and vulnerable. I'm just uh, excited about sharing that with you at the end of this episode, and I'm going to give you some things to think about so that can, you can find your way back to the light no matter what life brings you, no matter how dark it feels or how hopeless you sometimes can feel after these massive things occur. And the most important thing is that you can't change your life until you change your mind, and you have to start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. 
I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. All right. So I was on the Jesus Calling podcast the other day, and we had a really great conversation. And and one of the things they asked me it really helped me kind of clarify the messaging. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of public speaking and speaking in some churches around the country, and I'll make sure you're aware if you, wherever you live, if I'm going to be somewhere close by, we'd love for you to come out to the event and shake your hand, take a picture, sign a book together, uh, and just get to know you. But one of the questions that really helped clarify my thinking around the messaging of this book was why why do you need a treatment plan? Like, how, how do you explain to people why you say they need a treatment plan for these traumas and tragedies and massive things? And first, the, the first reason is, well, I'm a doctor, so I'm, I'm in the business of giving people treatment plans, right, for their back pain and their brain tumors and their aneurysms and their glioblastomas and all that stuff. That, that's what I do. That's just naturally the way that I think. So obviously, if I'm going to describe to you the way in which I recovered, Lisa recovered, our family recovered from losing a child and how I've helped uh, thousands of patients now and their families deal with hard things that come along in their lives – it's always wrapped in medical kinds of language because it's real for me. It's it's what I do. But it, on a very real sense, also, we understand now from neurobiology and, and neuroscience and epigenetics and all these things as we've been talking about lately, that when you change the way you think and when you change your perspective on things, you literally change your brain. And so you really are doing self-brain surgery when you learn how to get your brain under control. And one of the things we know from trauma, and this is why PTSD and post-traumatic stress syndrome and all that is so real and so troublesome, is that trauma changes the way you think towards the negative and makes you believe a whole bunch of things that aren't really true. Like, I'm always going to be a victim. I'm always going to be broken. This is always going to be how I feel. I can't ever get over this. And after you lose a child, you have all kinds of things, guilt, shame, somehow blaming yourself for what happened, for sort of wishing that it could be different than it is and knowing that it won't be so your brain starts telling you you're just always going to be broken and sad and you just won't ever feel happy again and the the fact is that isn't true because you can actually find happiness again and for me it came down to two things Jesus said it came down to John 16:33 where he says in this world you will have trouble you're going to have trouble here friend Brian and Lola and, and Catherine and John and Jim, you're going to have trouble in this life. Even Lee and Lisa, you're going to have some trouble. But he also said in John 10.10, he said, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life. You might have life and have it abundantly. He says in the same breath, the thief came to this place to take away your joy. He's going to steal and kill and destroy your quality of life. And that's what all these hard things have the potential to do. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And he's talking about now. Like there is a way that you can have an abundant and rich life in spite of the fact that you're going to have TMT, these massive things that are going to happen. And so when this uh, lady from Jesus Calling asked me, hey, why do you need a treatment plan? It dawned on me, I'd never said it this way, but we teach people 
how to prepare for things, even if they're not very likely. Imagine, you remember back in school, they taught you stop, drop, and roll if you ever catch on fire. The number of times they taught me stop, drop, and roll made me think that I was probably going to catch on fire a lot more times than I actually have in my life. Because looking back over 54 years, you know what? I've never caught on fire, but I have a plan in my mind for what I'm going to do should I ever burst into flames. I'm going to stop, drop, and roll. You probably are too. They taught you all kinds of things like that, that we teach people how to do CPR in case somebody has a heart attack in front of us, right? We teach people how to change flat tires in case you have a flat tire so you won't be stranded on the roadside. We teach people these basic things just to be prepared in case something happens. But how many times have you ever been instructed, have you ever been taught to think ahead in your life and what are you going to do if some massive tragedy befalls you? What are you going to think about? What are you going to do next? Who are you going to call? What are you going to read? What are you going to think about? How are you going to prepare yourself for this massive thing? And the funny thing is, massive things happen to 100% of humans that have ever lived or ever will live on this planet, which means... It's not silly and it's not morbid for you to think ahead and say, what am I going to do if something really bad happens in my life? How am I going to handle that? Well, I had a patient and I wrote about him in the book. His name was Lucky Chuck and Lucky Chuck's wife got sick, Wanda, got breast cancer. And she told him before they ever got the biopsy result back, she said, Chuck, you need to make some decisions right now about what you think about God and who he is. You need to decide that you trust him or not right now before things get hard because you're going to need him. You're going to need to be able to rely on him when this gets hard. If I get really sick and if I die, you're going to need to not be mad at him. You're going to need to know who he is. And so she instructed him wisely to think ahead and be prepared of what he was going to think about and what he was going to fall back on, what he was going to rely on, how he was going to build his thought thought processes up to be prepared, right? That's self-brain surgery. So we talk about, in the book, we talk about the treatment plan, and the treatment plan starts with this prehab, this, this, this preparing your mind for what you're going to do. And for me, that's filling my heart with stuff that I know is true, scriptures, worship songs, great writing, books that I've read, things that I know are true, that when trouble t- troublesome times happen, instead of this despair that I'm predisposed to feel, and you will, you'll feel it anyway, but instead of being lost in it, you'll start hearing some echoes of other true things to replace, sort of biopsy those negative thoughts and replace them with more true things. Like for me, it was, you're always going to be sad and miserable as you lost your son, but then I would also remember, well, wait a minute, I've got four children, I've got grandchildren, I've got a loving wife, I've got to hold on and steward these relationships. I am always going to be sad about Mitchell, but I haven't lost my entire life. And a friend of mine said, hey, Mitch wouldn't want his death to have a 200% mortality rate, which means he, he said, you don't have to die here. Mitch wouldn't want you to die too. You can't die even in your heart. You've got to live. You live for him, make him proud of you, tell a story with your life that matters so he would be encouraged and uplifted by what his life motivated you to become. Instead of the fact that his death destroyed you, your son wouldn't want you to die with him. And that was profound to me, that that idea that one death should not produce 200% mortality rate, right? 
So in the Jesus Calling podcast, we had this amazing com- conversation, and you'll be able to hear it when it comes out in a few weeks. I'll send you the link. And I'm, I'm going to be a story in their magazine in October, too, about this. But but you're going to be able to hear this conversation we had about how I realized that you need to have a treatment plan in place because this is more likely to happen in your life than you catching on fire. You're going to have a massive thing. Somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to cheat. You're going to get bad news from the doctor. The financial situation is going to happen. The pandemic's going to occur. You're going to have some kind of issue that's massive for you. And maybe it's not even medical or, or devastating like a loss of a child. It might be the death of a dream. It might be that you don't get something that you worked so hard for. It might be that you get passed over for a promotion that you've passionately pursued for your whole career. It might be that it just doesn't work out. Your life just doesn't work out the way you wanted it to you thought it would and that's just as real of a trauma it's just as real of a tragedy it's just as massive of a thing as losing a child if that's what your heart was set on you can't have a relative you can't judge the pain that you feel over whatever it is that you lose or whatever it is that you're suffering from based on how somebody else's is bigger in your mind than yours is it's just not that way so the bottom line is this you've got to be prepared for these massive things that come along now, we talk about in this idea of having a society of self-brain surgeons, and one of these days I'm going to get you a T-shirt or, or a certificate if you want to join the Society of Self-Brain Surgeons. I'm going to get you some way to prove that and put it on your shelf because I think it's important. It's way more important than being a member of the Society of Neurological Surgeons, which is a hoity-toity group of department chairmen who stand, sit around and talk about how great they are. This is more important than that. The Society of Self-Brain Surgeons is a group of people who are learning how to change their minds so they can change their lives, tell better stories, change their future generations of their family. I'm sorry my voice has given me so much trouble this morning. And I apologize for the creakiness in my sound. But this is really important, okay? The way you become a self-brain surgeon is first you take the oath. I will relentlessly refuse to participate in my own demise. You're going to first do no harm, just like we promise ourselves in medical school. Primum non nocere, first no harm. I will relentlessly refuse to participate in my own demise. This gets into not paying tomorrow taxes. It gets into learning how to stop negative thinking in its tracks, to biopsy your thoughts and get them under control. It gets into all of that stuff. Relentlessly refuse to participate in your own demise. And that starts with the three things we have to believe. Number one, feelings are not facts. They are chemical events in your brain. They are not always true, and you have to think about them and understand what you're feeling and how to change it or how to change what you're doing in response to those feelings so that you feel better things because feelings are not facts. Number two, thoughts are not always true. In fact, five to one, they're usually not true. And after the massive thing happens, you're going to have a host of lying, dirty, horrible thoughts aimed at making you think that it can never feel better than it feels right now or that it will never be better than it is right now. So those are two things. Feelings aren't facts. Not every thought you have is true. And finally, by changing how you think, you can change how your brain works. And by changing how your brain works, you can change everything else about how the cells in your body down to your DNA behave. And you can change your life by changing your mind. And now we know from epigenetics, you can change your children's lives and your grandchildren's lives. 
And so you have a choice. Like, does this massive thing create an alcoholic or a divorced person or a pornography addict or a an overeater or an overspender? Does this massive thing turn you into this sad person whose life is wrecked and that produces a generation of children after you who learned to handle their problems by turning to numbing behaviors from you and that becomes how your family handles trauma and stress down through the ages and your great-grandchildren are alcoholics because of that decision? Or does your does your family learn from you that when they face massive things they learn how to think and get their, con- their thinking under control they learn how to change their minds and they hold on to the things that are true and they find faith and hope and life again and they your children and their and their children and their children learn from you in your life that when you have massive things occur that you stand up to them face into them and fight for the light you flex the muscles of memory and movement to find hope again and you tell a better story with your life you find those things that are true and you engaged in prehab and you learned self brain surgery and then you did rehab by getting a strong community around you and practicing those things that you've learned over and over until they become second nature and then your thinking becomes more positive at its baseline and you handle the next massive thing more resiliently and better than you did the first time and that's what your family learns from you and that's what your friends learn from you and you break generational curses and you say this far and no farther I will not pay a tomorrow tax anymore Based on trying not to feel things, I will learn how to understand what I'm feeling and get control of those thoughts and change my mind and change my life by putting it in the hands of the one, the great physician who can help me. That's what self-brain surgery will do for you, my friend. And remember, we're not going to do any harm to ourselves, right? So if you fall down and hit your head at home and you're bleeding and you have a head injury and I don't know about it as a surgeon and you die from that, it's not my fault because I didn't know about it. I didn't have an opportunity to take care of you. But if you hit your head and they take you to the ER and my colleague, the ER doctor, Renee Engler, or or one of those great ER physicians at our hospital calls me and says, hey, John here has a brain hemorrhage and you need to come save his life and I turn the phone off and go back to sleep. I have committed malpractice against you because I knew what was wrong and I did not take action even though I had the capacity to do so, right? That would be malpractice. Now I'm just telling you, friend, if you know that you have a thought pattern or a tendency towards certain thought patterns and you don't interact with them, if you know massive things are coming and you don't prepare for them, if you know how to change your mind and change your life and you choose not to, it's more it's more easy for you or more comforting for you to hold on to those negative patterns and embrace those numbing behaviors and do the things that you've always done to handle stress and strain and hardship. If you choose not to change your mind and change your life, guess what? You're committing malpractice against yourself. How tragic is that? We are participating in our own demise. Let's not do that, okay? Tomorrow is July 4th in the United States. It's Independence Day. It's time for you to declare your independence from the things that you've been holding on to that are holding you back. Cast off everything that hinders, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, and run without hindrance the race that you're being called to run. Listen, you got to change your mind if you want to change your life. You got to stop paying tomorrow taxes. You got to declare yourself independent and free from all those behaviors and thoughts and hindrances that have been holding you back. It's time to draw a line in the sand and it's time to change our minds and change our lives. It's time to stop, drop, and roll and engage those things that we now know to be true. It's time to become self brain surgeons. It's time to engage the treatment plan. And guess what? Hope is the first dose. 
You can't change your life until you change your mind, friend. And the good news is you can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day. I wish wasn't there And I've asked a thousand ways That you would take my pain away You would take my pain away I am trying to understand How to walk this weary Crooked lie, oh Lord, before these feet of mine, oh Lord, before these feet of mine. Shit.